Hello, listeners. This is Andy Steiger. Although there have been many challenges this year, from the pandemic to now flooding that has currently hit us here in Abbotsford and in communities across BC, yet we have had our most fruitful year of ministry to date and are excited about the opportunities ahead to serve across Canada. At our launch event, we shared highlights from the exciting work we did in 2021, from our team speaking at over 90 events across Canada, to expanding our team with Wesley and Jane joining us from Ontario and Troy here in BC. We also discussed the incredible opportunities ahead with expanding the AC Conference into Saskatchewan in partnership with Briarcrest College and Seminary to our new initiatives, such as the Leadership Summit, ACLE, and a new video series on identity called Branded. You can see a video of our launch event on YouTube or the AC website in which we told about many more opportunities God has provided for us in the year ahead. It is truly exciting but we can't do it alone. We need your help. As we prepare for 2022, our goal is to raise $200,000 by December 31st to help us share the gospel across Canada. We are excited about what God is doing and ask that you consider financially partnering with us in this important work. Help us spread seeds of hope in the year ahead by making a tax-deductible donation to Apologetics Canada Ministries. You can make your donation at ApologeticsCanada.com. Hi, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. I'm Wes. I'm Steve. Andy Steiger. And this is the first time we're doing all four of us, and I am terrified for the (laughs) (laughs) editing. The dream team all in one place. All of us in one place. So hopefully this isn't too many voices coming at you, but we're all here. We're actually in a uh, staff retreat. We are doing all sorts of planning and strategizing as we look to the future. And so I guess it's actually kind of fitting with the topic that we're going to talk on tonight. Or mm-hmm. I should say, the topic that we're going to talk on today. Wes, what what are we talking about today? Since you you may or may not be emotionally invested. We're going to be talking about Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, and all of the meta stuff, the transition to meta. And I'm just uh, interested in whether Mark Zuckerberg can get my Facebook account back. (laughs) So I heard you got into some uh, video game streaming. For the listeners who don't know, my public ministry page was hacked by, uh, as far as I can tell, a group of Indonesians who have been live streaming video games on my page. So for those who are confused who follow me there, it is not me, in fact, playing live RPG games. I did not swing that far left in my content, um, but uh, you know, talking about Facebook and and Meta and all that stuff. I mean, as complicated as some of the releases and advertisements have been, I think they just need to start with customer service. <laughs> Tell us more about that. What's what's been happening? Well, nothing because there's no customer service. <laughs> so, someone explain what Meta is because it. Honestly, up in even till today, I didn't realize how multifaceted this thing is. I just thought that Mark Zuckerberg looked like an alien when he did the, <laughs> when he did the commercial or the ad for it. Yeah, he does get a lot of uh, not so much flack, but he a lot of people do make fun of him for looking a little bit too much like Lieutenant Data from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, I did not see that coming. He he just he does lack emotion. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Throw it back to you, yeah. Steve. So <laughs> Facebook has been looking to sort of 
you know, rebrand themselves because they actually do a lot of different things. I mean, we look at Facebook as just a social media site, but I mean, they also own Instagram, right? WhatsApp, a lot of those things. And if you are into like virtual reality gaming, they have the whole Quest line of product and all that kind of stuff. So what they're trying to do is bring all of that together and sort of they're looking to enter into the next, what they call the next phase of mobile internet. So they're calling it the metaverse. So Mm. this is the kind of a virtual space where everything comes together, like AI, right? Artificial intelligence, augmented reality, and those kinds. So if you're not, still not sort of picking up what I'm talking about here, if you've seen the movie Free Guy. Such a good movie. You sort of have an idea, right? Where, you know, you can put these glasses on, all of a sudden you're in a different, now you're seeing things that you didn't see before. You're in a different world almost and in metaverse you're going to be able to basically create your own sort of digital space and where people can come and socialize or do work together and those kinds of things so that's what they're talking about Uh, anything that has to do with virtual reality movies like ready player one free guy those things it's all pointing in that direction but i think that we should say that this isn't just all video games it's not like it's it's all you know people doing frivolous things for it one of the things that's being promoted is that, for example, you could have your staff meetings yeah. take place in a virtual mm-hmm. space. And in fact, that's one of the things that Zuckerberg is like was promoting on his video where there's this meeting that's taking place, which gets very interesting as one person's floating around the room while they're trying to have this meeting. Another yeah. person's a robot. And, you know, the, there's obviously, you know, you can pick what kind of clothes you're going to wear, where where this meeting's going to happen and, and whatnot. Right. Create your own avatar. Right. So this is a reality, basically, quote unquote, reality that you're creating for yourself, but it's connected to real life. With, with every, you know, online thing that comes out, there's obviously the stuff that they show you at first that makes it seem super appealing and super exciting to see. But then it, it just leads to, you know, all the back doors of all these things. Like I think about the original Snapchat is nothing like what it is. It is now. Like there are so many back doors to that app that just lead to a whole, whatever people want to call the dark webs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, as, as a parent, like I'm glad I have young kids right now, but I'm, I'm trying to stay as up to date with the things that are going on. Even with the kids messenger on Facebook, like my kids will not use that because just I've just seen too many things go wrong. I could only imagine what's a, what is a meta bomb going to be. All right, I know what a zoom bomb is, but but I, I mean, could you <laughs> uh, the the meta bomb, right? I can imagine somebody like runs into your your virtual staff meeting with like a samurai sword and just starts taking people out. Like I I, I don't know, but th- there's some interesting things going on though. Right, like right now, like meta, like it's, is what we're being pointed at it's coming down the pipe, if you will. But you know. Uh, Troy, you were you were mentioning some virtual things that are already happening, like on Fortnite, where there's like virtual concerts that yeah. are taking place. Yeah, they're already creating like virtual experiences for people in the online world. Like like Andy was saying, in Fortnite, whatever season it was, you would buy a ticket, and or you know you could play regular Fortnite, but if you paid a ticket, then you would get to see a digital Travis Scott or Ariana Grande concert in the game while you're playing and you know you'll see some people that are just they'll go plant their character up on like a tall hill or something and they'll just watch the concert and 
these artists will do unreleased music and different things like that just to promote and drive people to the Fortnite uh, atmosphere. So the difference here is going to be, whereas when you play something like Fortnite, you're, as Mark Zuckerberg said, you're looking through a window, as it were. But with Metaverse, this is a kind of a, an immersive experience where it actually feels like you are there. Um, and anybody who has played virtual reality games has a, a, a taste of that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, there are some limitations still when you're playing virtual reality games. You can't exactly move around and run around like you actually would in real life. But still, there is that side of you're kind of shutting the world out. You're in your own zone. And it's it's quite immersive. And one of the things I remember, I, I used to have that PlayStation virtual reality goggle for a time there. And it just felt really disconnected for my wife, right? When I put that on, I tuned the world out. I'm gone, right? right? And so, uh, but that's the kind of level of immersive experience we're talking about. Well, that does raise the question, I think, for me related to that is what what is the extent and the limitations of what something like this brings to human connection? We're social creatures and we're so intricately linked to social connection. And I mean, we live in an age where we have all that social connection, even without the jumping into a digital space aspect, right? With phones and text messages and Zoom and Instagram and all the sorts of things. And yet there's a high percentage of uh, insecurity and social awkwardness mm-hmm. and suicidality. And and there's a, I mean, not a, a very super direct link, but you can causal causations to that sort of disconnection, what does this next step bring with it? Well, it makes me think about Facebook and what it's already brought. And so it's almost kind of comical when you're thinking, okay, you know, Facebook has already promised me this amazing, you know, connection (laughs) with all my friends and, you know, social media is going to be so great. And I look at what Facebook has done and what it has brought. And I, I think there's a lot of us that would say, I don't, I don't think that's made anything better and it's created all sorts of problems. And, you know, there, there's a lot to be concerned about as now we're being pitched this new, you know, uh, internet experience that is going to be totally immersive. And the thought that keeps coming to my mind, and I, I really want to unpack and talk about this is like, it's like, have you not seen Wally? Like, have you, have you not seen the end of, you know, the end of Wally where you just got all these people floating around on chairs, living these virtual (laughs) lives, totally disconnected from each other, uh, hating life. And I'm like, I I just, we just can't seem to put all those pieces together and realize where this is going to lead us. Yeah, it's interesting because, Wes, you brought up connection, right? And interestingly enough, that's what Facebook or Meta is really trying to pitch is this is going to bring connection. This is going to bring presence, right? Because you're you're going to have that immersive experience. I mean, I think especially in this day of, you know, the season of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've all kind of experienced this disconnect from one another and we can only connect over Zoom. I mean, or Skype or whatever, right? I mean, it's better than nothing, but over, I mean, how many times when we got together this weekend, we're like, it is just so good to be together beyond just looking at you through pixels. Well, speak yeah. for yourself. I don't know if I want to look. At <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Savage. No, but that's a good point. We, I mean, yeah. we have employees 
like Jane is is one of our employees mm-hmm. from Ontario. This is my first time I've actually ever been in her presence. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, well, I think about what is running and fueling Facebook in a lot of ways right now. And it's the, all the, the chat groups, you know, it's the groups off of the regular grid. And so I started to think about, okay, well, what is cyberbullying and meta going to look like? Because it's supposed to be an immersive experience, but there's people already that are having an immersive experience from an emotional response to something that's happening in a chat group and the way people will just come at you. You know, I think about it. There, I believe there's probably going to be some level of tiers for experience and that sort of thing. And it, it'll be a paid subscription. And like, if you've ever played any kind of online game where there's a live interaction, the more you pay, the better the experience is essentially what it is. And so I, I just, I think about, you know, some of the, the craziness that has gone on in, in the last couple of years. You know, you think about a COVID argument chat group where they're just tearing apart, tearing apart each other. I'm like, in a metaverse? What will that look like? And and I do have concerns, right, in terms of dehumanization, because when your presence comes mediated through pixels or something like that, it's a lot easier for me to dehumanize you than when I'm with you in person, when I see you face to face. Yeah. And so um, think think about it. I mean, Andy, you you talk about artificial dignity, right? That what we do to images or or whatever they or uh, you talk the, about yeah, the virtual has real world impact. That's right. So think about that, right? So let's say you have some chat group where it's all about let's say dissing some um, group political group that you don't like. Let's say you have a bunch of conservatives, like ultra conservatives come together and all they do all day is bashing the left, you know, and then they start creating, right, images of these lefties, quote unquote lefties, and they they just have a great old time, you know, killing, virtually killing these figures. Like what would that do to your psyche so that when you actually see somebody in flesh and blood who is a liberal, like what would that do to you, right? And, I, and it just doesn't just have to be a political divide. It can be anything. It could be race. It could be— Well, he, well Steve, like you could take it in a number of different directions, but here's, here's one that I saw were real-world implications with, with some of the research I looked at in legal, like lawsuits that were happening that I think are, are only going to be exasperated by this sort of technology— and that is, let's imagine in the metaverse that you've got a girlfriend. Now you get to make that, you know, virtual girlfriend look like whoever you want. Maybe it looks like so-and-so's daughter, mm. or maybe it looks like somebody that's in your class, right? But then not only can it look like them, but then you can dress that person in any way that you would like to dress them, right? And so we've already seen those sorts of challenges with the limited technology we have now, but as that continues to advance, I mean, you could you could clearly see that that's going to have some serious impacts on people's school relations, where now you have a virtual relationship with somebody that's actually not a real relationship with them, but you're able to abuse that relationship and the, and the like. Yeah, that reminds me of that. What's that movie by with Joaquin Phoenix? Was uh, her? Oh yeah, 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 oh, and yeah, and all yeah. the like exactly what you're saying. I'm like, man, yeah. these. These thoughts have already been processed. And I, you know, like artificial communication is just an interesting thing to, to be expanding on right now. And I think this is related to what we were talking about before with 
the fact that we are created for community, like to give Zuckerberg and Facebook some of, or meta, I guess I should start referring it as some of their motivation. I don't think it's all nefarious and evil. I think it's an outplaying of the technological world we live in and a desire for that connection, right? Mm. I think we're created and you see this even in the biblical narrative. I mean, the reason God creates so many feast days is because community and uh, social life and aspect, and even that's how God represents himself. When God expresses who he is, he doesn't describe himself himself as omnipotent and omnipresent and all-powerful, although those are clearly true and taught <laughs> in scripture. How does he identify himself? I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's It's communal. And I think we have that innate in ourselves as being created in God's image. And the steps that we've taken in society with introducing technology, I think this is a this is a step where people are saying, you know, we have this desire. How do we live this out now in this 21st century world? And I think people like Zuckerberg think that this is the solution. I want to push back on that a little bit because I agree with you, but I think you're being too charitable to humanity. Uh, as you're as you bring that up, because because I think on the one hand you're right, Wes. We do have this innate desire for community, but we can't forget that we're broken, sinful people. So we we tend to turn that good thing mm-hmm. into something perverted, to yeah. something broken and twisted. And you know, because again, if you want to go back to the Bible, we see that right at the very beginning, where you know God's created this good relationship, and then it be it becomes twisted and. When I think about meta, one of the things that really gets me concerned, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not like one of those people that's always like, watch out for that or that's terrible, but I really do think this is terrible. And one of the reasons I I think it's terrible is because people are already withdrawing from each other. And I think this just provides yet another avenue to relationally withdraw. I don't know about you guys, but I've been seeing this a lot in like political commentary. It's like, oh, listen, we'll create our own social media. We'll create our own accounts. We'll create our own world virtual. So you can hate on whoever you want and you, and you can just be with all those people who agree with you over here. And, and you just live here virtually. You know, Mm -hmm. I can just imagine people got their own virtual neighborhoods and they're just there with their people who agree with them. And, and you just, what the point that I'm getting at is you see sin just continuing to work in its breaking of relationship. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, I'm not a technophobe, neither are you, right? But, no. but I am somewhat pessimistic about our own ability to use technology. Technology has brought us a lot of good things. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I love the fact that I live in this 21st century where you know, when I'm away from my family, I can send them videos and they can send me videos and stay somewhat connected that way, right? But with the same kind of technology, right, you can get into all kinds of nasty things. I mean, how many stories have we heard about like how sexting destroyed a teenager's life, right? I mean, not too far from where we are, a number of years ago, a young girl hanged herself because she couldn't handle the cyberbullying and all that kind of stuff, right? So I think... I'm glad you brought up, Wes, about how, you know, 
you, you don't think these guys have nefarious motives. And, and I mostly, agree. mostly, mostly <laughs> he, Mark Zuckerberg should still get my account back, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know. Could, I could just only, I can only imagine, you know, Wes's meta account being hacked. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> running around as Wes doing, you With know, my face running around the streets of Indonesia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it's an, it's interesting to say, cause like, yeah, naturally when I look at it, I'm like, man, this is just, it, it, it's, it's keeping us at a distance and it's playing into the people that don't want to go out, don't want that, the true human experience. They don't want that. They don't want the mess. Right. But I think, but I think about the positives because I have to, I think about the fact that we have to do virtual conferences right now, you know, and if we had meta, people can come in and have this cool immersive experience because when we're forced to be at a distance. Now, I wouldn't say we're going to do this when we have the option to gather and be together, but just, I just think about scenarios on lockdowns and COVID and stuff. Man, we can have this really cool uh, conference in a, in a cyber universe, I guess. Well, let me throw this out for discussion. I'm, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, like, how does God feel about meta? Right? Because I can't help but think that God created us as embodied human beings. So I could only imagine with Meta, you got a, just a world full of zombies sitting on couches wearing VR goggles, you know, living in these other worlds. So, what, like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, I mean, shouldn't that theology of embodiment instruct us at some level? Yeah, definitely. Throughout the concept of Christian theology, of anthropology on, on the human condition, what's always been essential to Christianity has been that our physical bodies and our the spiritual component to us, our, our soul and our spirit, are intricately linked. This is why we believe in a physical resurrection, right? It's not just your spirit goes up to heaven and you hang out with God forever as a disembodied soul. You will get a physical renewed body. And I, I, I agree with you, Andy. I think there is a danger in this sense of almost disassociating, creating that that substance dualism that existed, you know, in the in the early centuries of Christianity with Gnosticism and Platonism, which believed that the physical was bad and useless and evil and was just a meat prison for your spirit. <laughs> okay, hold that's on. The, hold that's on. The, you don't episode? get to just slide on <laughs> yeah. past and say meat prison and then just carry on. Well, like, you know, I, I think that's the title for this episode, yeah. meat prison. It, it, and it, that is how that is how some groups like the Gnostics almost described it. Yeah. And that's why uh, uh, and at the Mars Hill at Acts 17 when Paul is preaching the Jew, the Greeks rather are tracking with him until he says the word anastasis, until he says resurrection. And then they're like, Mm-mm, no, we're gone. Because they believed that. They believed that your spirit was stuck inside huh. that meat prison. And death was actually the relief. And There's that the, meat prison again. And they're like Meta, the meat the prison. Meat prison. <laughs> it's a digital meat prison. Welcome to the meat prison. <laughs> I think with something like Meta, you're right. The, the picture I have is, you know, all these people sitting on couches wasting away or like hooked up to tubes where they're getting, you know, IV drips of vitamins so that they can just... Oh, man. Yeah. Or releasing fluids as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not the image I wanted to portray to our listeners. <laughs> well, no, but but I, I do think about that, though, right? Like we, we, we were talking about this before we started recording, but Ready Player One, right? The, the, all the back doors and things, but then you find out who the actual people are. And it's one, it's this guy in this big shining building. The other one, it's just this kid living in a hut who just is really gifted at it. And 
and people realizing that they were in proximity to each other after they've been hanging out on the online world for forever. But then there was something about when they actually saw each other in person and their insecurities is what actually gave them their value. I can't help but think there's, um, I guess I'm backing up my mind a little bit and I'd be interested in what your guys' uh, experience with this is as well. Growing up with the internet coming into a, being a thing, you know, I didn't, the internet wasn't always around. I remember the internet's inception as being far more communal originally. You know, you're like, well, I can talk to someone in India on a chat board. That's amazing. And as time went on, it got more and more catered to the individual. But even, I mean, mm. MySpace was still a community. You kind of carved out your own little thing on the MySpace community. You know, your boards and you weren't messaging back and forth necessarily. But it, I think it was still far more communal. And as time went on with Facebook and then Instagram and then um, Vine and TikTok and whatever is going on now sleep slob let's just keep going with it <laughs> i just invented that one zuckerberg fix my account call me um I, I wonder what is this the next stage is this really going to solidify this individualism to the point where we're stuck in our own digital headspace yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and a podcast <laughs> yeah and a podcast. no but like i think we have to give this some thought to where this could go and so i'll just throw out two of my concerns you know, Steve, you and I have already talked about one of these because VR has already been used, for example, company in Korea, we did a podcast on it, where they created a virtual child of, of a lady whose daughter died, like of cancer or something. Yeah, I think something like leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they created this VR experience for the mom to hang out with her dead daughter. And, and I think to myself, like, you could only imagine how addictive that would be if you now have a virtual, you know, you're, you're a virtual widow or whatever, like, but you got a VR experience of your husband or your child or whatever. And, and then just to take it one step further, pornography online is already a massive problem. Yep. VR pornography? I mean, I honestly, you, we, don't, we don't even know the addiction level of that, but I could only guess that it would be very high. My guess is it would be one of the first things up and running because it's the easiest. Like, it, it'd be the first thing up and running, and it would get uh, that immediate payout. People would start paying right away. Like, it, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's already there. That's the thing. And, yeah. and the pornography industry, often when it comes to technology, they're often the first ones to exploit it. Oh, yeah. Um, for for their own ends and and think about it right one of the problems with pornography as it is cited well there are multiple but one of them is the fact that it skews your expectation of what sex should be mm -hmm. right because it's all like curated and it's it's everything ex is exaggerated so when that is your expectation of sex you can't enjoy normal human sex anymore right and added to the fact that um, you are going through image after image, right? And, and you are using images of these men and women as sexual objects. And that does change the way you view mm -hmm. real men and women, yeah. right? And so... If your expectation of life is meta, what does that mean? <laughs> That's right. And so think about that. Uh, I've uh, heard a story where... Do you remember the movie Avatar? Yep. Right. And, and 
I mean, I think, was it Steven Spielberg or who was it? James Cameron? James Cameron. James Cameron. I mean, I have to say he did a really good job of portraying this planet as, as a beautiful place. Even if it was just Pocahontas. I was just going to say, yeah, just know, digital right? Pocahontas. <laughs> digital Pocahontas. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a beautiful place, right? And, and unrealistically beautiful, shall yeah. we say. And there was somebody who watched the movie, um, as the story is told, and got really disappointed with real life and real nature and committed suicide, right? Now, I, I don't know if that story checks out, but I mean, people have off themselves for a lot less than that too. So I wouldn't be surprised, right? So oh, I, I am worried even, about what Meta could do in that regard. I'm thinking even though, Steve, of like marriage suicide, like... Why Why do I need a spouse and all the trouble of that when yeah. I can have a virtual spouse? I mean, I think about it. All the research that we've done about what's going on around the world with, with regards to choose, like, just have a virtual spouse. I, I think that's one of the wrestles with it is because the the positives for it are all based around instant gratification. And so people aren't often looking long term, but then how do you... You know, how do you say to the person who's terminally ill, hey, you shouldn't use meta? Like, well, I can't actually do anything and see anything. And when I go on the meta world, I can actually experience good things. And I think that'll be one of the challenges as, as evangelizing to people. Like the, church, like the church, if you're listening, you already got to get ready. Like you, evangelism is going to look very, very different, right? Uh, maybe, maybe there'll be a digital Billy Graham on there. I don't know if we, <laughs> but it. All I'm saying is like you're you're gonna find a lot of people that are already already comfortable, you know, watching church online. And so now when I can, you know, I can go see this big mega church that I've been watching online through the metaverse, because they're gonna do it. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Well, I'm getting the same experience. I'm getting to worship. It looks like I'm right there in the audience with people all over the world. Do Do you remember uh, that guy, that comedian, John Christ? I think it's yes. in his yes. name, right? And he talks about virtual reality church and he's like, he's selecting, okay, like what's the conviction level of the sermon? He sets it to zero, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as, as comical as that is, like, I, I don't think it's too far fetched either, unfortunately, right? I, no. I think this is the part that really, do, do you remember? Sherry Turkle, that sociologist that you quote all the time, what she said really kind of resonated with me when it said that, you know, when technology meets human vulnerability, that's where it's really dangerous. Well, because people ask me all the time, Andy, where do you think things are going? And, you know, what's the next thing, you know? And I'm like, listen, everything is heading in the same direction as been since the Garden of Eden, broken relationships. And we're just getting more and more creative because trust me, if this technology existed any other time in history, we would do the exact same thing with it. We would use it towards broken means to separate ourselves from God and separate ourselves from one another. And and so it it makes me very concerned as I think of all the different ways. Like, for example, I'm a father. So I have to talk to my kid about dating and about marriage and about premarital sex and the like. Well, now I got to talk about, am I going to have to talk about virtual dating, right? And virtual premarital, like virtual sex and, and, and the like. I mean, it's, it, and you can only imagine the, the virtual experience is this kind of on-ramp 
in many ways, or it could be the ramp itself. I mean, it doesn't even have to go back into the physical. It could just remain mm. there. And it's so easy, right? Because that's the big thing with this. And that was Sherry Turkle, one of Sherry Turkle's big point. Virtual relationships or robotic relationships, right? If I just give my aging mom that has, you know, dementia, if I just give her a robot, well, that's easy. Then I don't have yeah. to actually get out of... You know, I don't have to go get in the car, drive to visit her or have her in my own house or blah, 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 blah. Right. It's just it just makes everything so easy. But you lose a part of yourself and that person lose a part of themselves. Yeah. Well, I think this is where we have a unique perspective and vantage point as Christians, because as pithy as it sounds, the gospel is the answer yeah. in the sense that this is all searching for something. Right. Like it was G.K. Chesterton who said uh, the man who walks into the brothel is looking for God. And you, we have that desire for connection and validation and to be known and understood. And we're going to pursue that in different mediums and different avenues that are available to us. So in the past, it looked very different than it does now. And it may look drastically different in 10 years. But the gospel is going to speak into that person who is looking for the validation of the God that created them. Mm. And so it's, it's both more complicated and more simple than I think any, any of four of us can express, but there is a hope in the sense that the Christian, both us as Christians and the listeners as Christians, we actually have a unique opportunity in this time and age to be able to speak into these profound questions of change and brokenness and searching for something that's greater and not not pursuing that in something that's obviously not going to fulfill. Could you imagine something like the virtual Amish, right? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like more and more, I, I don't know, like I, I just see myself pushing against these technologies where I'm like, listen, I just, I, I could imagine that it could, that these technologies could have positive contributions, right? But I can't help but think the danger is so great that, that I don't think I have the ability to navigate it, mm. that, I, that I will misuse this technology. I think with all of that said, I know we've been talking a lot about the dangers of it, but I also do see the positive, right? I mean, I, I think about, for example video chats, for example, and how I am able to connect with my children while I'm away, those kinds of things. And I think it's there's a key difference between using technology to assist humans as opposed to using technology to replace functions that are truly human, yeah. like caring for your aging mother, for example. Yeah, and maybe, maybe you're right, Steve. I, in some regards, we're... we're Although, see, I want to go negative again, Steve, because I'm going to say that already booper. <laughs> Every party has a booper, and that's why we invited you. <laughs> I'm going to part. On, I'm going to poop on this party because I just think well, I could just see just another avenue. Because I agree with you. Because this is two ways of seeing artificial intelligence. For for example, you have uh, AI and IA, like where um, artificial intelligence, where you're creating you know technology to be human, whereas you can have you know, and this was Google's MO for a long time. Now they've, they, they've really switched. And that was, you know, technology is supposed to help us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not supposed to replace us. But I mean, in some ways we've been too charitable on the meta because we're assuming that I'm still going to be friends with Wes 
you know, in the metaverse, especially when he gets hacked, right? <laughs> <laughs> but is that it would would we actually, if especially if we have the ability to create our own Wesleys, like our own friends, and I can I can make my no friend. one can replace the real thing. <laughs> you can try, Andy, but. But I could have my own, I could have my AI best friend, right? Right. And I make that best friend in every way that I like, nothing I don't like, and they always make me happy. And and that's just it. And I think that's where, where I sit back and I'm like, I don't know about this one because it can so quickly go so bad. You know, there's some things where you're like, oh, well, you're not going to really know. And we didn't really see this coming as a culture or whatever. Okay, sure. But there's some things that I think now we've seen enough of the virtual world, social media, the, the, the fake aspect of, you know, like I can go on Instagram and, and post a picture of me smiling. Then the next thing you know, on the news, you find out that I committed suicide and it was to just get people off my back. Right. It, like I can fake everything. And it's just when it comes to meta, it's like it's not to say that there aren't going to be some good things. Like I can't go and say, well, Steve, you're going to use it horribly. You might use it wonderfully, but you're one in how many people in this world? And and it's not saying that you may not have an impact or anything like that, but it's just that that is not this is not built on the foundation of you know, the gospel, like you're saying, Wes, it's not built with, as something to draw us closer to God. It is actually trying to make us God. We are, look at what I can create. I am creator and I get to determine what this looks like. And, and we become obsessed with ourselves to the point where, you know, I, I could just, you know, I just see it going so, so bad on a grand scale. Digital Tower of Babel. Well, I, I think of people attacking servers. You know what I mean? Like something goes wrong. Someone steals this, someone steals that, and then I'm gonna now I'm gonna start attacking servers. That becomes a physical, um, a physical situation, and that's been ramped up on in a fake world. And and that's a that's a really important thing to remember. Where we look at all of these virtual spaces, we think of the internet, and we think this is just all digital airy fairy stuff, just somewhere floating about somewhere in the ether kind of thing. And we forget how, just how physical the internet is. I mean, how we are connected in order for us to be able to communicate across the globe. They actually have to dig trenches at the bottom of the sea to place these optic cables and everything, right? And we have to have servers and we have to have, these are actually really physical things. Yeah. And so I, I have to wonder, right? Like, what what happens? Here's a doomsday scenario in my mind where everybody is connected to this virtual world, but there is a small group of people, right, that are just like, I I can take control of this if I just manipulate what is physically there, right? Just kind of like you're talking about. Well, Facebook's always getting hacked <laughs> as a whole, <laughs> right? Uh, a prime example. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You got individual pages, but how many times has Mark Zuckerberg had, had yeah. to go and stand up in front of Congress and basically say, this is what happened. We're sorry. We're going to look to a better future. Now we're going even more digital. Oh, no. Now he's like, hey, trust me on uh, this next one. It's like, uh, I don't know that you're in my trust on the first one, yeah. Mark. <laughs> well, and one of the things we haven't talked about yet is we've been assuming that Meta is going to take off. And I think in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, is this Mark Zuckerberg grasping at relevance? Because Facebook is largely falling behind. Yes. And even Instagram is falling behind. When I do student events on university campuses and I tell people to, when they say like, oh, where can I find the recording of this? Where can I find some of your uh, content? And I 
I talk about Facebook, they almost always say that's what my parents use. Yeah. Oh, they 100%. don't use it. Nope. And so I wonder, even though, you know, Facebook owns Instagram and Instagram is still relatively popular, although it's going slowly more and more towards things like TikTok. I mean, these were these were giants and they've quickly gone by the wayside. America Online, right? AOL was the giant and it's Yahoo. completely irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Yahoo, MSN. These are things that have gone into the ditch. And I wonder if part of this is Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg saying, we need to do something. What if we try to jump the shark on everybody? And that may or may not actually work. There is one other sort of a cultural connection here. I always find it really fascinating when a new technology or something new that's coming up that people are kind of really looking forward to or something that's popular when that clashes with a cultural value that you already hold to mm. right like so there's some kind of cognitive dissonance happening so i'm thinking of you know in a world like the metaverse what's authenticity right because that's a huge value especially in a you know supposedly postmodern world authenticity is really important well, what does that look like in a world where you just curate yourself in whatever way you want and you present that to someone else? You could just steal my uh, public Facebook page. and <laughs> I think some people would say to you, Steve, that that's even more authentic because now I don't have any limitations and I can let my inner feline out. And the reality is I identify as a cat That's or, right. or, or, yeah. you know, or a robot or whatever. And, yeah. and now I can, now I can be that. Yeah. That's exactly it. Right. So then th that's where I have to ask, well, what do you even mean then by authenticity? Got to redefine it. Right. And, and cause that word used to mean something like you, you, you were honest and transparent and you were just being you, but now that is taking on a whole new thing. Cause now what we're doing is we're just breaking down boundaries of all sorts. Right. You know, whether it's, it, it's the phrase of like, I'm going to be true to self. It's like, well, what, what's your standard? Yeah. Because what is true, the self? Like right? to say you're true to self means that it just means I have no accountability. I can really change and shift as much as I want. Cause that is what is true to me. It's like, okay. Like, it, it, it's yeah. It just doesn't work. Well, I think it plays into um, when Andy popped my theological bubble by bringing in uh, a human brokenness. Um, and and <laughs> I, I think he was right, but I, I think it plays into the fact that, you know, we have these uh, perversions of what we want things like authenticity to be like. And so authenticity on Instagram is saying, you know, well, I don't really look like this. This is obviously a filter, but I'm going to continue putting out pictures that are heavily edited and filtered and photoshopped and whatever. And everybody knows that those are fake. So in the metaverse, can I have uh, hair? Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> you can have all the hair. Quickly. For the listeners, those were the two people in the group who had hair who, who said yes. I'm actually going to go bald. I have long dreads for you listeners who have never seen me. I have very long dreads, but I think I might just shave it all off in the, because I don't want to actually do it. It was a lot of work to grow it, so... Don't shave it. You're going to leave me don't, the only one with hair in the group? It. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> I got hair envy over here, man. Don't, don't be doing that. No, but that, I mean, we deal with that with like, say, plastic surgery or the like, but I think mm. that that's, that's a good point, right? That 
now this is again another way that I just disconnect myself even from myself. Well, in making the real world more compatible for the digital world, I mean, if you look at the stats of plastic surgery, what plastic surgeons are now being asked to do is how do I look better on my Instagram page? Like getting getting certain reconstructive surgery, whether it's like your jaw, your nose, or because people, and there there are videos on YouTube you can go on where plastic surgeons are like, hold your phone farther away from your face. Your nose is not as big as you think it is. Like I'm being asked to do rhinoplasties because people are taking selfies because they're holding their camera too close to their face and the camera is distorting their face size. Yep. They don't look like that, but they think they look like that. So this is, this is the real world affecting like, or sorry, the digital space creating these insecurities that then we're trying to make ourselves look like we want to look in the digital space, but it's, it's completely backwards. It's it's the distortion of a distortion, mm-hmm. right? Corrective distortion, if you will. Well, it's it's giving an art form to the general public that they don't know how to use. Like if you talk to a lot of photographers, they're very frustrated because it, everyone thinks that they're a professional photographer just because they can slap some filters on something or put it at this angle and then you use a whole bunch of different editing things. Like, And we can. Like we can do things that look really, really cool, but... I'm not going to hire someone on an iPhone for a wedding. You know, it's like, it's right. like, okay, I just need to get enough done, but I'm not going to hire you to do my wedding. And it's like, well, why? Well, there's obviously a standard. There's a scale. This to me, it just reminds me of what the Greeks pondered a long time ago with the myth of narcissists, right? This guy who falls in love with his reflection in a pool uh, of water and, and, in my thinking, technology has the ability to reflect our image and allow us to manipulate it in a way that we've never been able to do before. Again, it's not like there's something wrong, different with us now. Humanity hasn't changed. Mm. It's just now we have the ability to fall even deeper in love with ourselves through technology, and all the same entrapment is there that was in the very beginning of that, that myth, if you will. Well, that thought makes me wonder, by smashing two ancient Greek myths together, whether we're a little bit of Narcissus and a little bit of Medusa, where we are in love with ourselves, but at the same time, we're also disgusted Ooh, yeah. with ourselves, and we want ourselves to be looking into the pool and falling in love with ourselves. But when we look into the pool, we see a head full of snakes that turns others into stone. Dude! And and that that um, that's reveals our insecurities. So I think it's very true that there is a lot of narcissism, but at the exact same time, I think we're so uh, inundated with images and perfectly curated images and what other people don't look like, but we think they look like, that it just pushes us further into wanting to be a little bit of narcissist, but also realizing that we're actually it's, Medusa. It's that the root of pride being fear. Like if I can, as long as I am braggadocious on the surface, you, you won't go any deeper. It's a defense mm. mechanism. Yeah. Well, and once again, I mean, Augustine said, you know, how many years ago, our hearts are restless until we rest in God. And we're going to, you know, uh, that fear is coming from somewhere. So here's my final thought for you as we wrap this up. Do you think one day, if, if this were to take off, God forbid, I sure hope it doesn't. But imagine it did. I mean, could you imagine... Um, virtual missionaries exactly (laughs) right where you have to enter into the metaverse to try to reach people or 
engage with them, bring them back. I mean, I can totally see it. Mormons are very prevalent on TikTok. Mm. I know they're always trying to be my Facebook friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can't go door to door anymore, right? In, in, or, or haven't been able to over the last two years. And they're making a lot of TikToks. Well, I can I'm imagine having your own little metaverse and getting a knock at the door and it's um, Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I can't help but think that this could be, this, this could end up being some sort of mission field of people who've just given up on life. Mm. Uh, and because, I mean, that, that to me is, is the essence of the church from the very beginning. We're a community, but it's, it's an embodied community. And, and what, what is that going to look like when we're constantly tempted into a virtual community that I think is not the kind of community that we were called to? Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed the, the opportunity to hear from all four of us for the first time. As always, the AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. So make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and interact with us on social media. We love to hear from you. We love to see your comments. If there was anything that we said today that stirred you up, feel free to send us an email at info at Until then, love God, love people. Bye for now.